especially in like any sort of service where you're helping other people, you have to clap for yourself because, and I think it's that way with any entrepreneurship, but you're working so hard and sometimes it doesn't turn into success. Sometimes it turns into nothing. You could stay up till 4am working on a project for a client and they come back with changes and hate it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think having a healthy mindset is like key. From the MillennialMarketplace.com, this is the Wi-Fi Work Ethic Podcast, hosted by me, Haley Alicia. During this show, you will hear business trends and news, interviews with awesome entrepreneurs, and learn success mindset practices. This podcast was created with the goal of sharing how you can create your dream life with two things, a Wi-Fi connection and work ethic. If you are obsessed with all things online business and entrepreneurship and how the internet has changed the definition of success like I am, this show is for you. Find this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at themillennialmarketplace.com. All right, let's get started. Hi, hey, hello, it's Wi-Fi Work Ethic Wednesday. I am so grateful you are choosing to listen to me, and soon you will be listening to me interview Kinsey Madsen of Kins.co. I'm so excited to have another interview. Last week, I threw a solo episode into the mix, quite honestly, just because I didn't have an interview ready, and I do want this to be a weekly show for the time being, so I will throw in those solo episodes here and there when we don't have an interview quite ready. But my favorite thing is to interview and today we are talking to Kinsey Madsen of Kins.co. Did I already say that? I think I did. Oh well. <laughs> Before we get into it though, let me tell you a little bit about her. Kinsey is a brand and web designing badass. She's a proud college dropout who's hit six figures as and is on her way to seven. The beginning of this year, she quit her stable corporate job to pursue a life of spontaneity and risk-taking. Her passions include design, fashion, and smashing the patriarchy. Her favorite way to create is by harnessing the energy of the vibrant babe she works with. She's a strong believer in manifesting your dream life and chasing whatever desires grow inside us. Her favorite thing about her job is working with hustling females who are ready to make their dreams come true. How amazing is that? With all of that said, here is my conversation with Kinsey Madsen. Let's just start with who you are and your story. Okay. So my name is Kinsey. I am a brand and web designer, and I specialize in working with like girl bosses who are, their companies are like helping bring the change in that we need in the girl power department. Awesome. So did you, how did you get your skills that you use in your business? Is it something you just self-taught or something you learned from someone else or how did you even get into what you're doing now? Yeah. So I've been in the design industry for almost 10 years, nine years now. Um, I started in high school. I took a class and I hated it at first. I thought I was going to be an interior designer 
and I hated working on computers. I the light hurt my eyes. It's like so ridiculous to think of it now. But <laughs> my teacher was like, "You have to take another class. You've just learned like the software. You haven't been able to really explore your creativity." So I took another class and I fell in love with it. Um, and so I continued working on it throughout high school, and then I got into college and I hated college. And so I dropped out. Well, I don't even know if I technically dropped out because it was like too late to withdraw. So I technically failed out of college. You just like stopped going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one way to do it. Yeah. I just felt like, I mean, I was paying for it out of pocket and all the classes that I was in design wise, I knew everything because I already was working I already had a design job that, because with everything I had learned from high school, I was able to get a job before I graduated. Oh, that's awesome. So I was like, I'm just going to go full time with design and tell college that I'm not interested. So I did. And I had been working in different like companies in-house. Most recently, I was working in a beauty company um, as their kind of creative director. And I quit in December. Um, It was an amazing job and it was the hardest decision I ever had to make, but it just didn't feel true to who I was. I would like talk with my friends and tell them to start their own companies and tell them that there was like a glass ceiling if you're not being an entrepreneur. But at the same time, I was like working a nine to five that would usually turn into like a nine to eight, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're working salaried, you're working overtime. So I just realized it was like time to practice what I preached. So mm-hmm. I quit in December and I've been full-time freelance since then. So at the time you decided to quit in December, were you already freelancing and doing your own thing or did you just make that decision? Okay, if I'm going to quit, then I'm just going to start doing this on my own. No. So I was already freelancing okay. a lot actually. Um, when, so in 2016, I was working at a different job and I made the goal to make a hundred K in a year. And everyone thought I was insane because at my graphic design job, then I was making like 38 a year. And so Mm -hmm. they were like, how, like, how are you even going to do that? And honestly, I didn't know the idea just came to my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I went with it. So you just had, you just had the goal. Okay. My, my job makes me this much and somehow I'm going to make up the other, yeah. what would that be, like $62,000? That's awesome. So you just, you and just I put had that never out worked, there. Like, I hadn't done any freelance up until that point. And I really think setting that goal like helped me. I don't know. If I hadn't done that, I don't think I would be where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so I like set that goal, and clients just came. Like I had a few really big-ticket clients, and then some other more like container clients that I was doing as I was still working my nine-to-five. Uh-huh. And hitting like 100K at 22 years old made me feel like it gave me the confidence boost, I think, to now pursue other things that I'm into. So uh, that was kind of how I got into freelance. That's So are you into law of attraction at all? Yes. Okay, because totally. yep. right when you said that, I was <laughs> that is like textbook – Put it, ask and you shall receive. That's amazing. So when you decided to, well, I guess you kind of answered that by saying you set that goal, but when you decided to leave school, did you know your end goal was going to be entrepreneurship or did you think, well, I'll just make money on the side, side hustle it, but I I still want to climb the corporate ladder. Or did you just know, like, eventually I'm going to work for myself? I mean, I think I've always kind of 
wanted that end goal, but I didn't know how soon it would be. Um, I've always been very like self-motivated and I really like the creativity of business. I've listened to business podcasts from when I was like 18 and had no idea what business I was going to start. So I've always been interested, but I also really like, I've always really liked the corporate life. Like, I don't know the friends you make and the relationships and the collaboration and wearing like cute outfits, even though that sounds dumb. It's like, no, I mean, it's part of the appeal for sure. Yeah, it's like those things are hard when you're being an entrepreneur and like haven't gotten out of your yoga pants in three days. So Mm -hmm. I think it, I don't know, it'll always be kind of not a struggle, but I think I'll always miss that part of it. And my end goal would be to be like the CEO of my company where I have people who work for me and it is kind of that like more professional environment because I really do like that. Yeah. Do you have any sort of team right now or is, are you just doing a solo solopreneur thing right now? Yeah. So I have somebody who helps me with my social media and then I also have a virtual assistant. Um, at what point in your business did you decide it was like time to bring other people in? So I hired both of them when I went full time. Um, I knew social media is, I think everybody can agree. It's kind of like a hard thing and it's not that I compare myself with others. It's more the instant feedback of how your business is doing, even though it's not true. Like I would have days where, you know, you don't get good engagement on a picture and you're like, is my business like going under, even though it's so dumb, I feel like it just, those feelings were like taking over. Mm -hmm. So that happened probably the first month into going full-time freelance. So I was like, I like got to take some of this pressure off or I'm not going to be in a healthy mindset. So I hired her about a month after going full-time. And then the um, my virtual assistant I hired right as soon as I started because I knew I needed someone to keep me accountable for my goals um, and just kind of someone who was on, like, the Kinsco team who had the same, like, hope for success for my business. I, like, really need that. I don't know, collaboration. Mm -hmm. So I knew I would need her from the beginning. So I've had her the whole time. That's awesome. So you do client work then. Do you, do you have mostly like just project-based clients who come to you for specific things or do you have ongoing clients that always use you for all their different projects or a mix of both or what, how does that structure work? So mostly with like branding and web design, I'm working with people to help them either start their business or like revamp their visuals. So usually it's just a one-time sort of situation. Like I help them get started and then maybe they'll need stuff moving forward. But I try to teach them how to kind of be resourceful and create their own things because um, like schedule wise, I don't have time Mm -hmm. for 20 people to be making changes to their website and stuff like that. So I more like to help them get started and then I leave them to run with it and you kind of help with a little bit of every part of digital right you kind of help with the website design and then the things that will go on the website and some social media stuff is that right yes yeah so I actually really like the digital space the best because I think the options are so endless with print it's like if you make a mistake or I mean that part is stressful about it and it's also you just don't have the capabilities of digital. So Mm -hmm. I really like the creativity in digital. What was that 
class in high school, by the way. I don't think I asked you what the actual class was that you took. Yeah, so it was um, just intro to graphic design, I think is what the first one was called. And then the second one was just advanced graphic design. So it was literally just learning how to use Illustrator. Okay. And most of what I've learned career-wise, I've learned after high school. I dated a guy who was a web designer, and I'm not dating him anymore, but I'm very thankful for everything yeah. <laughs> I learned from him. That's awesome. So that's kind of where I learned. I I really feel like as a designer, you have to learn web design and not technically like the back end coding of things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just as anyone, you should know a little bit of how to build your own website. There's so many resources now. And it's if you know how to build a website, you can start a business mm -hmm. like for free, essentially, besides like the $10 a month you pay for hosting. So I think that was where a large part of my success has come from. And most of my clients are web design clients. So mm -hmm. thankful for that. Do you think if the internet like isn't what it is now and there wasn't so many like online based businesses um, that you'd be working like in print design? Or I know I said you, you were first interested in like interior design. What do you think you'd be doing if you couldn't like work online? Um. I don't know. That's a good question. I've never thought of that. I, I assume I would still be, cause I started in, I've only done web design for four years now, three or four years. And I still loved print design, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I would be completely as passionate about it if it wasn't such a digital age. And I love the networking that goes on online. And just from a business standpoint, it's so much easier now that we have the digital world. I'm such an introvert that I don't know if I would be able to like go into businesses and ask them if they needed business cards, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the funny thing about the internet. I think most people who have built successful online businesses actually are introverts. And it's because <laughs> I think like in a positive way, like being behind a screen helps you like not not fake being extroverted, but it lets you sh show your personality without you feeling so, like, exposed. I don't know. Yeah. Not that people are being fake, but they're able to, like, I think, have a lot more confidence mm -hmm. through that. Um, yeah, I agree. So kind of along those lines, let's talk about your personal brand. Because okay. to me, as a viewer, like, of your social media and whatnot, it seems pretty established and you know the kind of message and story that you want to tell when people come to see what you're all about. So I want to talk about that. You're very much about girl power and just being your true self and authenticity. Let's talk about that. Yes. So I've always been the type of person who maybe is rebellious to a fault. Like looking back at high school and even early, like, 20s even now sometimes I'm like the only reason I did that is because I wanted to be rebellious and sometimes it gets me in stupid situations <laughs> but I am thankful for that confidence because a lot of times when I think women we I mean society just teaches us and it's getting better but to kind of like quiet down and to not be who we are and to be shy about certain topics and like you know just to not truly be who we are and not to be powerful, to kind of let the men, I mean, if it's in a corporate world or in a relationship sort of situation, we have to let the men have the reins. And so I think I'm just about equalizing that. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely believe in like 
being yourself and I feel not like I have a duty but because I'm so not shy about things a lot of people are I'm like I want to say this crazy thing that nobody else would say in hopes that they can say something that maybe isn't as crazy but still makes them feel like powerful yeah I mean I loved your post the other night about your situation in New York (laughs) trying to find a bathroom (laughs) I thought that was so cool that you decided to share that (laughs) thank you a lot of people like really resonated with it I didn't even feel like like a lot of people messaged me and was like like this really helped me and I can't believe like you're talking about pooping on Instagram and I'm like (laughs) I didn't really know it was that big of a deal that it would like help people and it wasn't like this big vulnerability post I just found that picture and thought I looked cute and I was like I wonder if people are gonna like feel shy about pooping because I don't think you should feel shy because guys sure don't feel shy to say like they're gonna go take a dump you know that's so so crazy that you say you didn't feel any vulnerability because I feel for most people even getting close to saying something like that would be so difficult (laughs) (laughs) have you I think it also helps that like I've always I mean a lot of the people that come like if you have stomach issues you can't be shy about it or right I mean I have friends who have like really bad stomach issues and they've gotten like depression from it. No, yeah, I I suffer from stomach issues too. And I think for girls, it's actually really hard because uh, we're going off kind of on a tangent, but I think that's okay. Um, You know, you go to the doctor and you're like, you know, they don't really, I don't know, in my experience anyway, they don't, they don't give you much help. And I've just, I've just found again, back to what you're saying a little bit before, like when a guy goes to a doctor, it's like this big thing and it's run Mm -hmm. all the tests and what could be wrong. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I think it's a little harder to get to the, the cause of some women's health issues, but that's a totally different subject. Well, it's like there's so (laughs) many other things we have to deal with Mm -hmm. on top of it that it's like, I don't know. It just shouldn't, that's a whole different topic and I'm not like medically I have right. no idea about anything but I I can allow people to not feel shy about it so they don't mm-hmm. have to like feel embarrassed to have to go to the bathroom you know so have you always been that confident um in your social media or is it something that you had to like grow into I don't I've always been very I don't think I've taken it too seriously mm-hmm. and to be honest since I've started my business full time it's almost scarier for me now. I would have never second guessed posting like a picture of me going to the bathroom before, but I did think about it for a second now because I'm like, okay, I'm working with a client and they see I post a picture of me on the toilet. Are they going to be like, this is so unprofessional. So it's harder now that it's like my business, Mm -hmm. but I I always felt like, I don't know. And I'm probably not serious enough about stuff, but I like to approach stuff with more humor And I've always used social media kind of as an outlet to be like that. Well, I think going back to the whole branding thing, I mean, you choosing to share what you share, I think will just almost guarantee that the clients you get are the right people you want to work with. Because if people don't like what you post, then, you know, maybe they're not the best person to work with. So I think that can be definitely a positive thing. Yeah. Help me attract the right clients and repel the ones that. Exactly. Um, did you grow up around entrepreneurship or were people in your life more traditional and, and how did the people in your life react when you decided to go out on your own? Yeah. So my parents always would, my dad was a stockbroker forever and then worked as a manager somewhere else, but he, so he never did entrepreneurship, but they always had ideas and never pursued them, which I think was kind of hard for me because. I, it helped me to be creative and have those ideas, but 
I would love to see them one day, like, go out and pursue Mm -hmm. one of, like, the ideas they've had. But I had aunts and uncles who were entrepreneurs, and, I mean, I had those influences. But my parents were never – they always made me feel like I could do whatever I wanted. And I've kind of lived, like, the entrepreneur life. I've never had, like, a bad job. When I was 12, I started teaching piano lessons, and I did that for, like, three or four years. And in high school, I was making, like, $1,000 a month, which was really good for – how much I was working. Right. Um, and then I just went into design. So I am like really thankful that my parents empowered me to mm-hmm. be able to pursue business ideas because I never had to deal with like a retail store job or I've always kind of done what I love. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for those influences. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I find that a lot of people who end up being entrepreneurs, I do have those stories. Like you said, you doing the piano lessons or, whether it's, you know, selling lemonade or whatnot, most of them, like, were entrepreneurial from a young age without even knowing it. Yeah, you have it in your blood. It's like a different way of thinking. Yeah. So who are some of your influences or people or businesses that you look up to for inspiration in your business or just in your life? Who are some people that you just love to um, or that you just look up to? Um, there's so many. I think Lexi said this too, but Jen Gotch is one of my like mm-hmm. number one. I go to her page when I need inspiration. She's the the chief creative officer of Bando. Mm-hmm. But what I love about her is she's really open about the mental health conversation. Yeah, and I just I just didn't she just come out talking about her um, bipolar disorder? Is that right? Yeah, she and she's come out with like a whole line. I mean, I think she has anxiety and depression, and she just is so honest about it that it makes you feel like not bad if you have an anxiety attack it, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you can still be successful even with these like issues that everybody kind of tries to hide and a lot of women actually have mm-hmm. so she's one of my inspirations and I don't know I like a lot of brands um I'm really into actually I draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of people in like the manifestation realm mm-hmm. um there's this Instagrammer called Manifestation Babe. And I love I, her. I love Catherine. You follow her. She's the best. Catherine, I'm if you somehow. I'm her, like, Manifestation Academy. Oh, the right NBA so Academy? Excited. That's yes. way cool. Yes, I, I love Catherine. And so I like, in, yeah. like, influences like those who help me with my mindset because that is more important than anything you can learn about, like, your career or – your skill, like your mm-hmm. mindset is the most important thing. There's people out there who know way less than like you, but are making more because they have the right mindset and they believe in right. themselves. So does that, does, do you think that being in touch with kind of that side of yourself helps your business and helps you stay? I don't, I don't know. Like, do you find, do you think you'd be like more anxious and more and struggling more if you weren't in tune with that side of it? Yes. And I like don't think I would have ever been able to leave if I wasn't in tune with that side of it. Because especially in like any sort of service where you're helping other people, you have to clap for yourself. Because and I think it's that way with any entrepreneurship, but you're working so hard and sometimes it doesn't turn into success. Sometimes it turns into nothing. You could stay up till 4am working on a project for a client and they come back with changes and hate it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think having a healthy mindset is like key to it. And I for sure don't have like my mindset isn't as healthy as it should be. Like I literally had an anxiety attack today 
And mm-hmm. I just feel like you need that rebound to like lean off of. I don't know. No, Everyone I get that. No, I get that. I feel like if you don't have lows, you don't sometimes you don't see the highs or appreciate them as much. And yeah. you you need you need that opposite sometimes to to really bring to you back. That yes. Highs. Yeah. And I think that's like an important part to an entrepreneurship is you have to ride that wave. And if it's just steady the entire time, it's not gonna be successful. I mean, it might be, like, okay successful, but it's never going to have, like, the massive success that mm-hmm. comes from the highs and the lows and growing. And Yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of along those lines, I love to ask people about their favorite failure. So something yeah. at the time seemed, like, so terrible and such a failure, but now you can look back and say, I'm so grateful for that. And you can see, like, so much positive that came from that. Do you have something like that? Um, honestly, before I quit my last job, I, there was a, I usually get along with most people, but I, there was this one girl and it was so unprofessional of me, but I could not make it work with her. Mm -hmm. And so there was all these projects that she kept requesting and I just put them on the back burner. And there was one day that it was like, holy crap, like I have to get so much done. It's impossible. I had to push back on a bunch of projects and Anyways, it was kind of that relationship with her that eventually drove me out of the company. It was a lot of different things, but I guess I'm thankful for that failure of like not being able to figure out that relationship. I don't know if that really answers the question, but I No, yeah. I think it was that that like conflict that I was like I have this negative energy in my life and I can't control the energies around me at work. Mm-hmm. I can try to like fight off it and be positive and like stay in my little bubble. But when you're having to work with people constantly all the time who, like, are making you feel like crap, it's hard to stay in that healthy mindset. So I think that was my favorite favorite failure is it kind of felt like that failure, like, pushed me out. And I'm so glad it did. Yeah. No, that's a, that's definitely a good one because someone going through that could, especially when you were getting ready to go on your own, you could yeah. have absolutely let that like deter you and say, you know, I can't go on my own. Cause if I can't make it work with this kind of client, then how am I supposed to do it on my own? So I think yeah. that's amazing that you didn't let it go that way. And you actually let it do the opposite and say, because I know how to navigate these kind of relationships, that makes me even more qualified. So I think that's great. Um, you probably have a lot of them, I'm assuming, but do you have like a favorite quote or mantra that you find yourself repeating and helping you get through your days? Yeah, well, I have a couple, but one thing that I do is I picture myself at, like, my peak of, like, when I'm, like, as successful I want to be running a company, and I think of how, like, who I would be at that time, and I repeat those six different words, like, I am, you know, intentional, and I repeat, go through those words Mm -hmm. to help me become that person, even before I have that success, Mm -hmm. so I like to do that, and the other one that I do that really helps me with my anxiety, and just kind of to calm down, is when I'm, I'll get a lot of times, like, super excited about a future client, or a trip I'm thinking about going on, and I'll get so excited, I start to get anxiety about it. Because I'm like, what if this doesn't work? What if something goes wrong? Mm-hmm. And I kind of get into my own mind. So I'll say, for example, if it was like a client, I'll say, 
the universe um, will take care of me whether I get this client. The universe will take care of me if I don't get this client. Mm -hmm. So just like realizing that I'm going to be okay no matter what Mm -hmm. um, really helps me in those times that I'm like getting way too into my head of thinking that it's going to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. So those are my kind of main ones. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, lately I've been loving um, kind of with those thoughts of what if this doesn't work. I saw this post and it was just like, what if it does work? And it it seems so Uh simple, but I've been trying to do that now if when I'm thinking that like, oh, what if I put in this hard work and it doesn't work out? I'm now, since I have those thoughts, I just say, what if it does work? Yeah. I just keep saying that. that. And it helps me just kind of get out of my head and say, you know, regardless of the outcome, it's 50-50, right? It could work. So might as well just keep trying at it. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, do you believe in work-life balance? I like to ask people this because I think with entrepreneurs, a lot of people get into entrepreneurship because they want to leave, you know, the constraints of a nine to five, but then they find the work-life balance pretty complicated once they're actually there. Yeah, I don't believe in one, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting to realize I need to believe in one. I've always like the, the past two years have been the craziest part of my career and like the best and the most highs I've had Mm -hmm. but I've been single the entire time and just recently I got into a relationship and I'm realizing I've got to figure out that balance because I do think it's more important and like hard to manage if you have other relationships you're trying to cultivate Mm -hmm. but it's with creativity there's days where I can work from 8 a.m to 4 a.m every single night and when that's happening I kind of let myself do it because when you're just in flow yeah it's kind of like fragile so I like to let my flow go and then I'll take a couple days off to Mm -hmm. like let myself recharge so as of right now I'm not very good at it but I'm working on it yeah that would be way hard with a creativity-based business because it's like for the most part you can't really control it if you're if ideas are happening and and you have that spark like, yeah. it's, it's hard to say, like, nope, not right now. I, I'm I doing know, this yeah. now. You kind of have to give into it. Yeah. Um, so you have kind of along that line, you have a highlight bubble that I love on your Instagram called Today's Office, yeah. um, showing that because you have this online-based business, you know, whether you're in, your, you're in Las Vegas or just at home, wherever, at a coffee shop, you can really take your work with you. How is how has that been in your life, being able to really just plug in and wherever you can, you can work? Yeah, I love it. That's I love the name of your podcast. I'm sure you get that all the time, but I, <laughs> it's the best. That's the very best part of entrepreneurship is the flexibility and the freedom. Even sometimes if I work 18-hour days and I'm working it from it like in Vegas in a hotel room, it doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel as bad as having to like put on a bra and put it like iron your shirt right even though that's fun (laughs) sometimes it's like it feels a lot more freeing to work 18 hours in your yoga pants than to work eight hours in pants that are giving you a tummy ache you know right oh that's amazing so I love it I love that freedom and I mean eventually like I would want even more freedom than I have now so Mm -hmm. that's the goal it's like total off the grid Mm -hmm. not off the grid because I need the wi-fi or like a like a digital nomad I think people call it like just being able to travel the world and work and yes that's awesome okay so I want to talk about your branding babe academy um you just talked to me a little bit about it but I want you to um talk about what that is um and how people can get involved with that 
Yeah. So something that I've learned as I've been working um, is there's a lot of really hungry new business owners who want amazing branding and they want to tap into their authenticity and into their power, but they don't have the budget for it. And I have tried to fit them in when I can, but I just, I can't, you know, be trying to grow my business as well as helping all these people who are just starting theirs. And it leads to me not being able to give enough time to anyone. So I've created this academy and it goes through the entire process I go through with my branding clients, um, but we're going to do it as a group. So they will learn how to brand themselves. They will learn how to create a logo. They will learn, you know, how to position themselves in the market. Because I think that's a really hard thing for people is they Mm -hmm. see people being successful starting a boutique so they think they can start a boutique and be successful but you have to have key elements to your brand and key elements to your business that make you stand out from the competition so just kind of helping them with all those types of things even there's going to be some mindset work and it will be at a fraction of the cost of what a typical brand package is so I'm really excited about that so it's kind of like a group coaching type of situation It's not going to be, there won't be any live elements to it. So it'll be different modules that they go through on their own time. And, but I will be available for questions if they email me and I'll help them through the course, but they'll be doing the work on their own instead of with me helping them along the way. Awesome. And do you have like a wait list for that or are you enrolling people or where can people get info on that? It goes um, for sale on the 15th for early bird. Um, and then it closes in July, but on my website, kins.co, uh, there's all the information you would need. Perfect. And I'll, of course, have all the links for everywhere to find you. Um, but before we wrap it up, what advice do you have for someone who is interested in design and branding um, and, and wants to dabble into it, but they don't know where to start? What would you tell them? Um, just start. Like I have just recently started working with clients who I'm really passionate about and really passionate about what they're doing, but you have to learn on the crappy projects. You're not going to be able to work for like a high fashion company with no experience. Mm -hmm. So start doing the random projects, start doing the, you know, the dentist office that needs a rebrand and just start asking people who need your help. I mean, I've gotten from like to where I am just from asking random people and putting it everywhere, letting everyone know that I'm a designer and talking about it all the time. It's how you get clients. So just start doing it and never stop. <laughs> you know, that sounds kind of sad. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I yeah. Think- and like clap for yourself. I, that's a really big thing that's been resonating with me lately. And no matter, even like your significant other, they're going to be proud for you, proud of you, but you have to be the most proud of yourself because mm-hmm. You're the person who keeps working. You're the person who keeps going. Just be proud of yourself no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. I love that. So where can people find you? So my Instagram is kinsco, and then my website is kins.co. Awesome. Like I said, I'll have everything linked below, especially her Branding Babe Academy. Um, well, I think I think we cover just about everything. Thanks for having me. Of course. I love our conversation. We talked, we went off some tangents, but I loved it. I think it was all good. Um, Yeah, sorry. I bet you weren't expecting to talk about poop on your podcast. No, it's totally fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. Well, thanks, Kins.
Thank you. It was good to talk to you. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and you know of someone whose entrepreneurial story should be shared or a topic you want me to talk about, please send them my way. I want to spread this cause and message to as many listeners as I can. And if you liked what you heard today, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I will be so forever grateful. The best way to never miss an episode is to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Wi-Fi Work Ethic and turn on your post notifications to never miss when we announce a new episode. You can find an archive of all of our episodes at themillennialmarketplace.com. And until the next episode, stay humble and hustle hard, my friends. Bye.